welcome. It's another Talking Bollocks. Yes, it is. I am back. You are back. We are back. And it's still lockdown, depending on where you are in the world, wherever you're listening to this, you may well be locked down. I'm currently locked down in London, and you guys are currently locked down elsewhere. Some of us, obviously, we've got some key workers on here as well. Thank you very much for all of your efforts, all of your hard work. It is very much appreciated. It really, really is. Um, and um, fuck all the normal intro. Let's just get on with um, I, just just something I've got to get off my chest. Um, early doors. OK, here's the intro. My name's Howard H. Smith, lead singer Acid Rain. Do this podcast, do stand up as well as Keith Platt. Fucking find me, whatever. <laughs> um, feel free, by the way, to join to to like you know sign up to social media and 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 join the discussions with everybody else because there's lots of people around. There's also the Patreon community, which is growing day by day. Thank you very much for that, Howard H. Smith. Sorry, Patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. If you'd like to um, get more of this and acid rain behind the scenes and all the rest of it. So anyway, um, just because we, um, right, we as in acid rain, okay, we've got some dates booked at the moment. And some of the gigs are in July, um, some are in June, some are in July, uh, some are in September, one in October, one in November, right? Now, just recently, I have had messages from people saying... Can't wait to see you in July. Okay, now, just because the event is advertised, yeah, and hasn't been cancelled yet, for fuck's sake, don't think it's actually going to happen, do you? Really? 500 people in a fucking room in July? As I'm recording this, it is the beginning of May. It's actually the 11th of May, in case anyone's interested, right? The the 11th... We are not, in the next six weeks, suddenly going to be allowed to have 500 people in a fucking venue for a gig, you stupid bastards! Fucking what? You are delusional! If you think any of these shows are going ahead, if you think that prior to a vaccine, we are going to have gigs that are thousands of people in... No! Use your brain, engage brain. Don't just think, well, that's for everybody else to sort. No, use your own brain and think about it. If coronavirus is still an issue, are we going to have events where there's like thousands of people under one roof? Think about it. Just think. That's all I'm, I'm... I'm probably thinking... Most of people listening to the podcast, right? You're, you're fine. Yeah, you understand. You get it, okay? Um, and clearly, I'm not talking to you guys because you're all really cool. But can you all do me a favour? All of these fucking people who seem to think that gigs are going to be going ahead. You know, I mean... We haven't cancelled ours yet because the reason... Why would you cancel when you don't know when to reschedule them for? So it's all a bit up in the air. But just because a gig is advertised doesn't mean it's going ahead. Yeah? We've got gigs advertised in June. Yet that is less than a month away. Does anyone think they're going to happen? Just a bit of common sense. Just a little bit. Oh, you've got to be positive, haven't you? You've got to be positive. Being... But I am a fucking optimist, all right? 
I'm an optimist. I'm a positive person. Do you know what I'm not? I'm not deluded. Okay? In a situation like this, it's about pragmatism. It's about realism. And what it's not is going, oh, yes, let's be positive. Oh, we've got to be positive in the face of a... Really? Really? Is the virus going to go, oh, fucking hell, these people are a bit positive, aren't they? I think we should just fuck off into cows and sheep and leave them alone. I don't fucking think so! Oh, positive, we're going to be... Positive. Fuck you and your positivity. You're just fucking irritating. Oh, positive, positive. It's like forced fun, isn't it? Like forced fun. Oh, no, we must be positive because, uh, because, uh... Yeah, because fucking nothing. You haven't actually got a reason, have you? None of it actually makes fucking sense. Jesus fucking Christ. Is everybody watching the news? Is Is anybody, like, taking in the facts, doing their research... Or do we just sit around watching telly, just deciding um, whatever we're told, we're going to do that and everything must be... Fu- just uh, fucking hell. I mean, obviously, obviously, maybe I'm going a little bit deeper into it because of, uh, because of his massive effects on my life. Well, massive effects on everyone's lives. But events and things like that that are key to me to be able to earn some money are going to be the last thing that's allowed. When are people going to get it through their thick fucking skulls? Get it through your fucking skull! Yeah, things are not going to be back to normal in a couple of fucking months. No, not by the end of the fucking year either. Just fucking think about it. Jesus Christ. And even more so, the stupid cunts who are announcing things. I mean, you know, announcing tours in December, you fucking mugs. I mean, well done, congratulations, announce away. Oh, you know, let's all be positive. Oh, let's get all excited. Well, be positive and excited for the reschedule, okay? Try and maintain your positivity that fucking long. But it does my fucking brain in, as I'm sure you can all imagine, and I'm sorry for starting the podcast this way, but it... it it's just over the last few days, especially this morning, it may, yeah, you've, you've obviously you've guessed it. Remember when I started, started with a PayPal rant? Yeah. Well, I've just been doing a few inquiries from people. And I just think, what fucking planet are you on? See you in July. Just, okay, so we're advertising the gig and we haven't cancelled it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Totally out there to be shot at, right? By the same token... Just because if we start, if we start advertising, um, if we start advertising, we're going to be giving gold bars away in October. Yeah. Is that, is that any better? <laughs> I don't really know what the fuck I'm trying to eat, what I'm trying to do there. Um, but seriously, God, just do, do me a favour, people. Spread the fucking word. It's just, I mean, all the evidence is there. Look, look, look at China, right? China, still no vaccine. Okay, and they're about what four months ahead of us. Let's stick four months onto where we are at the moment. That would take me to the beginning of September. So, if a vaccine was discovered tomorrow, it's going to take time to roll out across the whole population, isn't it? Across the whole world, it's going to be in massive demand. It's just like people don't want to think about it, so they don't think about it. So they just blindly just carry on going. No, 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 I'm just going to be positive. Yeah, I'm going to get you know, I'm just going to be positive. I don't look at any of the evidence because that might scare me, and I haven't got much of a brain, and it will probably blow up with all that shit that I have to absorb. Okay, fine. If you want to be, if you want to be one of the people as well whose way of getting through this is hiding and and just shutting yourself away from it because you find it so terrifying, I get it absolutely get it just don't think that you're going to be going to a gig 
anytime soon. Although, if you're that way inclined, you're probably thinking you're not even going to go. You're definitely not going to a gig until there's a vaccine. And the bigger gigs, without a doubt, not going to happen until there's a vaccine. Just they can't think about it. They cannot happen. You can't have 10,000 people in an arena if we don't have a cure for the virus. So everything is dependent on vaccines. It's not dependent on social distancing. Because again, even pubs opening, gigs and shit like that will come after that. Because of social distancing. And, you know, there you go. That that is just the way it's going to happen. So please, 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 you know, those poor, poor, deluded slash really positive uh, people just, you know, I know we don't want to piss on people's positivity. And I don't mean to piss on people's positivity. Actually, I do. Positivity, fine. Delusion, not fine. You want to delude yourself? Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. That's how you're getting through everything. That's fine. Okay, spreading the delusion not so good. Um, and I'm funny enough, I'll tell you what else is uh, is fucking irritating. I don't know about every. I keep seeing. Um, I keep seeing social media. I keep seeing all over the place people saying, "Oh, you know, you've got to come out of a lot. You, you really should come out of. You don't come out of lockdown without a new school or a skill or having learned a language or something." Like, that, fuck these people. Fuck them in the fucking ear fuck fuck them in both ears are you fucking kidding me you've got to learn a bit no fuck up you've got if you can get through lockdown without going fucking mad yeah without self-harming or becoming an alcoholic yeah right stringing yourself up from a tree in your garden yeah if you can get through lockdown without doing any of that you're my fucking hero that's the goal get out of lockdown without being mentally fucking scarred yeah, get out of lockdown without being ten stone over overweight. Get over lock. Get out of lockdown without being an alcoholic, without being a drugger. If you get out of lockdown in any kind of shape at all, well done, congratulations. That is the fucking result. None of this. Oh, learn a language. Oh, you should fuck these people. I mean, really, fuck them. Who are they to be putting pressure on people who are struggling with just day-to-day existence? And then you've got these cunts going, oh, yeah, yeah, if you haven't learned a language, you're a bit of a twat, aren't you? Just fuck off. It's absolutely, it's terrible, terrible advice to be banging out there to people. Saying, oh, you know, you've got to do this. You've got to come out with some special kill. What's trying to, trying to, skill, not kill. Trying to make the whole thing into a fucking competition. Oh, so we can all get out and we can be so much better educated. How about just getting out of it in one piece, you fucking dick? Just fucking getting out of it in one piece will be fine. Absolutely fucking fine. So, well, that is the, uh, that is the corona that's the corona coronavirus monologue. Hey, <laughs> see what I did there? Monologue, not a monologue. A mo- yeah, you get it. So, um, so what has been happening in the world of metal? Not necessarily the world of metal, but the world of music has unfortunately lost the one and only. Uh, that's right, Little Richard. Um, he passed, which is real shame. Real, real shame. Um, not obviously a metal musician but that attitude i think is you know is still apparent 
um, within the metal scene. And, uh, and I mean, look, I wasn't a particular fan, but seeing the amount of people who are coming out who I never would have guessed were fans going like, well, yeah, yeah, this is really cool. Wow, you know. I mean, and uh, just as wow is um, is uh, these two quotes, right, two separate stories, one from Paul Stanley saying we have a long way to go in our attempt to contain the spread of, uh, uh, actually it says novel virus. Uh, um, and uh, Gene Simmons, get this, KISS will listen to scientists, not politicians, about when to resume farewell tour. And again, I just have to say... I don't know why, why, but at times of great hardship and times like this, Kiss coming out with all the fucking sensible statements is throwing me, completely and utterly throwing me. Um, but again, like I said, good on them. It's nice to see some, you know, it's nice to see some people just being sensible. Um, and well, you know, those statements, unlike, you know, all the other shit that I've been reading. Um, but hey, there you go. So, what else has been going on in the world of metal? Well, I mean, everybody is doing a fucking lockdown something, including Acid Rain. Some of you may have seen that uh, we did our uh, lockdown video with Suzanne Vega. Um, go and check it out on any on the Acid Rain um, socials. It's um, it's a good laugh. We, uh, it, in fact, I'll tell you here exactly what happened. Right, um, basically, it was inspired by Sepultura. And their lockdown video for the song Isolation. Doing the song Isolation in isolation. Get it? Um, that is where the fun and the laughs ended. I mean, I like the song, but after about two minutes, I was just watching it going, this is fucking depressing. They're all just locked in their houses looking miserable. I mean, if we did something like this, it'd be fucking... Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. That might be an idea. And that is exactly how it all started. Um, so yeah, I then um, spoke to everybody, whacked the video clips together, well, basically danced around being ourselves everywhere we could, which was good fun. Um, gave us something to do in these strange times. Sorry, that's a fucking message coming through on me um, on my PC. So anyway, um, yeah, gave us something to do, um, and really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, had great fun. Took the piss. Um, there you go. Anyway, what's going on in the world of metal? Continued. James Labrie on Dream Theatre reunion with Mike Portnoy. Never say never. Hmm. You know, that's a, that's a, a softening, a softening of the waves. Um, also, check out um, uh, check out Charlie Benanti, Alex Skolnick, Roberto Diaz and Brandon Yeagley, I think his name is, um, for, for the, uh, the Rush quarantine covers, the covers that they're doing, because they are fucking superb, absolutely superb. One of my mates, well, my best mate is a massive, massive Rush fan, and he was saying that it's like, it's awesome. He's like waiting for them as they come out one by one, because they're so good. And Skolnick is just a fucking ludicrous, ludicrous guitarist, fucking awesome. Really do like him. Um, oh yeah, David Coverdale of White Snake decided to tell us that he's he's so follically blessed it's not even funny. Yeah, thanks for that. You cunt. Um, Symphony X is starting on a new album. For those uh, long-time listeners, you know that um, Symphony X bit of a fan, bit of a fucking fan. Um, so look after the after the huge Corona rant at the beginning there, um, I, uh, I I feel like I feel like I owe you. 
And so I'm going to get us into an interview. Now, I say an interview. Um, This interview is with Josh Weller, who is a stand-up comedian who I met at the um, uh, Christmas Comedians Party, funnily enough, uh, in January, because obviously we're all working at Christmas. So um, uh, I was introduced to, or rather he, he was introduced to me, by um, a mutual friend who books us both. We'd never met. And she went, oh, um, Josh, this is Howard, our resident rock star. Ha, 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 ha. Um, uh, you know, because obviously they're all comedians. I'm, the, I'm, so I'm in a band. And, and so Josh says, oh, hello. Um, uh, so you're in a band. So I explained very briefly. And he was like, oh, right, well, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was, in, I was in bands for years. And I was like, oh, really? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, a good 10 years or more. And I was like, oh, right, okay. So... Straight away, starting to take him a bit more seriously. Um, I went, did you do anything at all? Right? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were in release now, uh, or we were going to release now. Didn't really happen. And I thought, all right. And he goes, you know, did the uh, did the uh, the Vans Warp tour a few times? And I start thinking, whoa, hang on. Okay, so credibility well and truly established. I was like, oh right, that's really cool. What was the name of the band? And he goes, oh, the Kenneths. I went, the Kenneths didn't your artwork wasn't it sort of black and white and he was like yeah 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 and I was like alright oh, yeah I said I listened to your stuff and I did I, re- I remember listening to it and he was like oh really cool it's just sort of pop punky kind of stuff and I was like yeah 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 that, that kind of stuff and he was like yeah yeah he said that's how that's how um, we ended up hooking up with um, Bill Stevenson to record an album excuse me uh, brackets Bill Stevenson drummer of Descendants one of my all time favourite bands I was like uh, excuse me yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that's how we ended up working with Bill Stevenson. You worked with Bill Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge Descendants fan. Me too. Josh goes, hang on a second. Reaches down and starts rolling up his right trouser leg. So I instantly go, hang on a second, and reach down and start rolling up my right trouser leg. We we both pull our trouser legs up to reveal he's got a Milo tattoo. On his right leg, I've got a Milo thinking about all Roy tattoo on my leg. We both pull our socks, our trousers up and our socks down. This is in the middle of, of an, uh, a private club full of comedians. And we're stood there pulling, pulling our trousers up, pulling our socks down. Look, We both look at each other's tattoos. We look at each other and go, wah! Huge, huge, like, scream. And then start hugging each other. And I'm just thinking to everybody else, this is going to look like some sort of star-crossed lovers or long-lost friends or, you know, family reunion, lost brothers, fathers, whatever. But it was just the most insane kind of, like, we we both learned so much about each other in such a fucking short time. And the weird thing was, it's like, straight away, it's like, all right, credibility, credibility, established, music, music, things in common. Ah! And that was it. We were just abs- nobody else got a word in Edways for at least about the next hour and a half. We were just jibber jabbering away. It was fucking awesome, honestly. It was it was really cool. And I said, look, you've got to come on the podcast and do it sometime. Um, and we were we were trying to hook up, and then lockdown happened and everything else. But anyway, look. Before I start rabbiting on, um, let's get in to the interview. So now you've got the whole background, and also. Be prepared for a small guest appearance during this interview with none other than the aforementioned Bill Stevenson. So this is myself and Josh having our second only catch up 
just a few weeks ago. Hello? A bloody Halloween. Are we actually doing this? Oh, my God. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, man, it's happening. I'm just, uh, I'm, I just got a stiff little fingers vinyl. Right, and, I'm okay. a, and I'm skateboarding in my living room like a fucking child. <laughs> Do you know what? It's weird. I'm, um, um, I was never a fan of, of stiff, little, stiff Little Fingers. I'm still not, but I, um, it's kind of weird. I, it's one of those things where, like, I wish I, I wish I was a fan. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like even that, I'm Not wrong. even that big album. You're not even into it? No, no. That's interesting. It's such a great record. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've, like I said, they're just they're, they're they're really not in my um in my wheelhouse at all. Mm. Um, I've heard minimal, and um, it just kind of yeah, I just kind of never never really um never really went down that that particular road. But um, let oh, me um, let me uh, just uh, lasso you in because I will okay. have um I will have just um uh, explained to the listeners. Um, uh, about our, um, I'm going to call it storybook uh, meeting, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. at the uh, at the Christmas party. So I, w- I, I yeah. would have given them the whole, you know, and then and then we and then we hugged like um, like uh, fucking estranged brothers who hadn't seen each other for twenty years. <laughs> and... I mean, it's not. It's one of those things, isn't it, where. When you meet someone who's got a, like a particular descendants tattoo, yeah, it's like yeah. you kind of know they're probably not a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, well, I know absolutely. It's like a, it's like a brand. It's like a brand of of undick of undickheadedness. Yeah, and it it says like you know if, if someone's um, it kind of tells you that they were probably bullied. <laughs> school so they're probably not you know what i mean like there's certain bands like i don't know like yeah you wouldn't I, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be a jock put it this way if if five yeah. finger death punch are for jocks then descendants <laughs> are for nerds yeah it's like uh if you meet someone with a red hot chili peppers tattoo you're like okay what's what's wrong with this guy ah <laughs> uh, now, now you see i i i kind of I agree and I disagree in equal measure because once upon a time you met somebody with a red hot chili pepper tattoo and you went, nice, like it, fellow fan. Yeah. Whereas now they are just fucking annoying and should pack up. Which was their last good album, in um, your opinion? Californication. I, I didn't like Stadium Arcadium. Probably last great album would be Californication. My, uh, my uncle is uh, a... Big Chili's fan, right? And he oh, was, and he, he tapped out at Stadium Arcadium. And my uncle's yeah. like, he's a, yeah. he's a, he, he's worked for British Airways. He's not like a music guy or anything. He's just, he's just a nice man. And he doesn't really know anything about music. And when Stadium Arcadium came out, he's like, oh, I heard uh, Flea on the radio talking about the new album. And he said, oh, because it's a double album. He's like, we wrote some of the songs only took ten minutes to write. And yeah. all I could think was, yeah, it fucking sounds like it. <laughs> Yes, great point, great point, and that's when yeah. I tapped out as well. But um, but yeah, I, but also the the, fun, the funny thing is that I I think anybody looking at the two of us like you know embracing like long lost twins would um, <laughs> no way would they have been like you know well they've obviously got matching tattoos you know uh, um, 
But, but I, I mean, it was your um, it was your good lady whose name escapes me for the moment. I apologise. Um, but she she was like she was like, what's wrong with you two? And I think I just remember like both screaming like 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 <laughs> like, like like characters in the young ones going, we've got matching tattoos. It was uh, it was that was the comedian Claire House, I believe, was the girl. Yeah, and uh, and she's. I mean, you know what? Just for some more context as well, like that was quite an awkward party to be at. Right. Um, okay. And for, at least it was for me because I knew Claire. That was it. I only knew one person there. Oh. And, you know, there was a couple. There was a couple of promoters and, and and people who run comedy clubs and stuff. But you know, it's quite a difficult clique to be in when you're when you're like new to a scene people aren't yeah. the most they're not the most um uh, uh they can be a bit walls up oh know? god oh yeah they're, they're comedians mate yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah there's yeah. some there's some right old dickheads in there but like, um, let's put it this way yeah so I, was, I was just trying to i was just trying to phrase that nicely there was some <laughs> flat in there and like uh, <laughs> yeah yeah fuck, fuck that <laughs> and uh but i was just trying to um you know let's put it this way when I went to that party, I didn't even get invited. I was a plus one. I, when I walked in that room, I, I definitely didn't think, I bet there's someone in here with a Descendants tattoo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I, and your, but yours is, uh, you've got uh, Aura as well. I mean, yours is like a yes. Descendants Aura. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually, um, I saw it in, um, um, in the movie, in Filmage, that there, there's, there's a... a a, a collection of people's tattoos, and the yeah. one, and there was one of, of of thinking about Allroy. So I paused, I paused it on the uh, on my TV, and um, and basically mm. took a photo of it and took it round to my tattoo artist, and he went, "Yep, yeah, I'll do that." No way. And uh, yeah, it's just just cool as fuck, man. But I mean, then that led on to um, to you talking about um, uh, Bill Stevenson recording your fucking album. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I mean, that was like, yeah. I mean, that was that was. Uh, I'm still um, slightly starstruck, and, and it was like three years ago. So, <laughs> and I'm not even a musician anymore. So, I mean, it was like, it so, was definitely a fucking uh, moment that happened, and I will never ever um, forget. I mean, it, it was so. I mean, just for some context, like I grew up. Uh, you know, Descendants have always been my favorite, one of my favorite bands of all time. And then I played in a punk band called The Kenneths for a while. Yes, and uh, and it was a three-piece band, and it was like, you know, it was fast, melodic, punk. And we we did the Warp Tour in 2015. Um, and while we were on the Warp Tour, we signed to an American manager who was, who uh, she managed like Rise Against, and um, uh, anti-flag, and um, uh, he, she she was she's just known Bill for like twenty five years, and we were on the on a I was on the tour bus one day. We were in like bumfuck America somewhere, and um, sharing a tour bus with like four other bands. So there was like seventeen people on this one bus. It was this. I mean, it was a Corona hotbed in 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 this current climate yeah. like a petri dish and um and then i just got an email from bill stevens like and it was just like hey man really like the demos um you know if you're ever in uh where does he live denver he's like, if you're ever in denver let's hang out and then we kind of kind of just went from there 
um, where we kind of kept him in the loop. And, um, yeah, he actually, I'm trying to find it on my phone now. So how, you, how you did edit, you end up? You, how did you, you end up on the um, how did you end up on the Warp tour when you only had demos out? Um, just wait. Do, do you uh, do you edit these down or do you? Um, uh, I can I, I, I can pause if you I can pause it if you want. Yeah, yeah. So what I want to do is I want to find the voice note that Bill sent me in an email that was a song idea that he had for us. Awesome, awesome. So, sorry, what was the first album called? First album was called K. Yeah. Second album was called E. And then, then we were working on, we were going to call it, uh, we did call it Double N. We were, we, we were going to spell the name of the band out, basically. Right, okay. And uh, I know what you're all thinking, genius. And um... No, I, what I'm thinking is, what I'm thinking is that these are the kind of decisions that artists make at an age where they think it's a good idea. And then yeah. they get bound to that decision for maybe over a decade and start thinking, <laughs> I really fucking wish that we hadn't done this. <laughs> Well, we split up around the second uh, E, so, I mean, it, uh, there's still THS to go. Oh, um, mate, don't, don't worry, mate, we'll get round to that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we, we had the, we did the first record, 2015, second record, 2015, and then they were, like, six months apart, maybe 2016, 17, and then, and then Bill started, uh, he kind of was interested in producing, and I was, you know, I was freaking out about the concept of like the idea of either going to Colorado or him, you know, coming to, uh, coming to London or something. And, um, he, uh, he sent, um, he, we started sending him on our demos and then he, we, and we were super confident with them. And then Bill just sent us an email being like, these songs are shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, ah, oh, he knows. Because we were just trying to get it out. We were like, I want Bill. And, and so he, he sort of sent us back to the drawing board and was like, come, come, come at me again in, in two months and just write. And we wrote. And then he sent us this idea. But you'll hear that it's Bill straight away. Let me see if it plays on my laptop. I'm gonna say. All right. And the idea, he, he sent me this. Um, uh, check this out. It's an idea. This could be the beginning of a bracket. Rad, close brackets, Kenneth song. <laughs> Here's one go around of the lyrics, the structure, if you will. Can you take it from here? A B part, maybe a C part, if we want to get fancy. And I just sort of whispered the phrasing into my iPhone because my kids are asleep. P.S. Hope I'm not overstepping any boundaries, but I've had the idea and I was in the mood. It's not really a descendant song, brackets, plus we just recorded 36 songs, so we're okay for a while, close brackets. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw it here, you guys playing it. You know, the band in your head, when you write something, this band happens to be you guys. And this is the thing he sent me. One, two, one, two, three, four. Everybody thinks I'm cool, baby. Why don't you? Two, three, four, one, two, three. You never see me good in me when it's shining It's not really a descendant song. You're like, motherfucker, that is a descendant song. Of course it is. It came from, his, yeah. came from the brain of the genius of descendants. Oh, God, yeah. So but the thing is, is, so we already had a song called Cool As You. Right. And Bill, Bill by the time I said to, because Bill suggested it, and obviously I was like, yep, let's do it. I want to write a song with Bill Stevenson. Fuck it. And um, 
and uh, and then um, and then he was like, oh shit, I just listened to your record and realized you've got a song that's pretty much the same. Never mind. And so it never got finished. Oh, um, that is that that was just. Well, you know, if if only if only you had a load of time that you weren't expecting to have on your hands. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, mate, exactly. that is that that's that's amazing, and that's really cool because I remember we had a kind of a, a sketchy version of that conversation um, when we um, when we met, but um, mm. to get getting the voicemail as well, that is fucking awesome. So when so did you good, um, right? so when did you move out into when did you move into stand up? Uh, so the band split up in 20, the end of, so I started doing stand up Christmas 2018. So a year and, and, and three months ago. Um, and, uh, but it's been quite a quick sort of journey. It's been like, it's, uh, I mean, I, yeah. I think if you, I think if you can pull your ass out of the open mic scene, um, within a couple of years, you're doing okay. Oh you know? yeah, brilliantly, mate, brilliantly. Um, and I think if you can get into clubs, I'm not really. This is the thing; it's, it's such a competitive industry. Oh yeah. And, and I've learned, like, mainly from experience of music. I think just having um, uh, having been in, you know, various bands and having had that super competitive side of me at 22 years old and 25 and you know 28 and 30, all that stuff is like, I'm not in a hurry to get anywhere with comedy i just want to be really good yeah and i think that i think that that's uh i just find it so funny when you when you do when because there's so many like aggressively um ambitious 22 year olds <laughs> uh, well yeah but unfortunately uh, their, their, their aggression and their passion and their ambition out you know outweigh their skill and experience um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not my—it's not really my place to say if I think they're, they're funny or not. That's just—that's down to preference. But like, I just, for me personally, I just—I really enjoyed um, the transition, and it's been like—it's honestly, it's. It, I, whenever musicians say, and musicians say it all the time, they're like, oh, "I don't know how anyone does, you know, stand-up comedy." That's the scariest thing, yeah. and I really disagree. I don't think, <laughs> for me, getting up at five a.m. Yeah. Um, uh, and then driving like four hours to a place and then waiting outside a venue for four hours and then getting in and then setting everything up, sound checking, packing everything down, waiting for another three hours, setting up the merch, playing the gig, running over to the merch table, trying to get signal on the fucking pin machine, um, and then packing everything away, putting it in the van, driving for another four hours, parking the van somewhere where you hope it doesn't get broken into, and then three people, four people sharing one room in a Holiday Inn Express. Like, that's hard. <laughs> that's yeah. really difficult. And, like, even for me now, even if I travel, like, four or five hours to a gig or whatever, and, 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 you, and you die on your ass, like, <laughs> every night I'm happy that I just take a notebook home and I don't have to pack down yeah. an entire yeah. backline. So, like, that side of it has been, like, I mean... Not to say that there isn't so much joy in doing gigs, but I think I just something in me just snapped, and that's why I uh, went into comedy. I, like we would, I remember we were doing a gig at the, we were playing at the Royal Albert Hall, and we were opening for this girl called Leanne Le Havis, she's a brilliant kind of soul singer, and she was a fan of the Kenneths and asked us to come and open. And obviously, that is a disaster of a lineup. Yeah, like a soul a soul singer and a punk band. It was a, it was, I mean. But who's going to turn down the opportunity to play in a sold-out Royal Albert Hall? You'd have to be an idiot to say no. Well, you, you've got to have the story, haven't you? 
Exactly. And also the, co- the comedian side of me was like, this is going to be a disaster. Let's do it. You yeah. know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I remember w- and when you play at the Royal Albert Hall, the Royal Albert Hall is, in a, is a circular venue. So you walk in through a long fucking tunnel from backstage. You go through this tunnel onto the stage. And I remember walking down the tunnel, seeing the room get bigger. And all I could think in my head was, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell some jokes in between the songs. <laughs> like, and uh, that was really the moment when I thought, okay, right. I'm doing the wrong, this is the wrong job. About about to play Royal Albert Hall with your band and you're looking forward to the in-between the songs bit, yeah. <laughs> there's, probably, there's probably a little bit of a warning in there for you. <laughs> but it was, I really, because the thing is, I, I knew there'd be so much tension in the room because we're a punk band opening to this, you know, very yeah. pitchfork. You know, she's she's loved by pitchfork, and you know, and and uh, you know, she's Grammy nominated. She performed on SNL with Prince, like as his guest. Like she's that kind of person. And I knew they were going to hate it, but I just I enjoyed the tension so much because yeah. I knew that I could make the room relax. Um, yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, knew I, I, I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean because as it, when you when you do when you do comedy, there's if you have a bit of material that goes really, 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 really dark. Um, it, it, it's it's great fun to play with because you know because the audience the audience are awkward and the audience are you know really not comfortable but you know that there's a way out of this and you know that you've got all the answers but they don't and you kind of revel in that in the in the masochism of it yeah, exactly it's exactly that feeling and you know that you're going to change their mood um mood and you're going to go yeah. you're going to take them somewhere and then at the end you're going to do a left turn and it's all going to be fun yeah and yeah. like having that control and, and i remember in i remember my plan was we'll do two songs and then i'll say something and i'll calm the room down with the fact that you know there's this loud punk band on this bill yes and after two songs i was enjoying i think i waited till like five or six songs before i did it yeah right okay yeah <laughs> Because I was just I was just reveling in how tense the room was. Yeah. Um, but then by the time I said something along the lines of like you know we want to thank Leanne for you know personally asking us to do this it's a huge honour but this is let's be honest this is the fucking worst lineup you've ever seen in your life for a gig at the Royal Albert Hall or so, something like that. Yeah. And it got you know and it got a big laugh and and then after that the the rest of the gig was fantastic. Yeah, because the, because if you can make people laugh if you can put a smile on your face even if I've I've always said you know because. With acid rain, we're very, uh, you know, we're a, we're a, a fun vibe live. And I've always said, even if you don't like the band, it's very difficult to be sullen and grumpy and and not get it if you're smiling. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a smile on your face, you are enjoying it. Whether you know you're enjoying it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think the thing is as well, you know, when I you know when I think about the the sort of the Kenneths there's like a period in my life I, I think that the um, I think the fact that it was fun live was kind of what kept the whole project alive I think yeah yeah um, same here you know yeah uh, and that's that's like that's the you know touring with your mates is I mean how can that be boring you know yeah and but, um, the, thi- but the thing is as well is that you've done that you've done that um, the music thing you've done you've done it you've you know Ridden the ridden the tires off it, and um, and it and it's a new and it's a new adventure for you now. Yeah, 
And, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. And and by the looks of it, it's going really well. I mean, like you say, you know, pulling yourself out of that open mic circuit so quickly um, is is very impressive. I've got to say. Yeah, it's been great, man. To get to be playing in clubs and stuff, and you know, to have like people who I've been watching for years, you know, uh, think I'm funny is. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's so cool to. It's such a meaningful thing to to have uh, people you, you know you like it, or just to make a you know, making a room laugh is obviously the the best feeling in the world. It's a, it's 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 unbelievable. It's like uh, laughing's involuntary, you know. So yeah, you yeah. pull you pull out of people, and it's all yours, and um, and it's it's like heightened for me. It's like uh, um, it's like a heightened experience of what playing gigs is. What my music gigs is sorry it's like it's, it takes it to a whole new level you're it's it, it's so much in keeping with what punk rock is there's this that it's everything you do is on this sort of precipice where it could go over the cliff at any moment at any moment you could just say the wrong thing and turn the whole room against you which which obviously we've both done multiple times but like you know that's the, that's the joy and that's what I'm really enjoying about being this like kind of student of comedy now yeah you see the weird thing is because i'm because i'm that much further ahead of you on this on 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 a, on, on a similar journey not the same journey obviously i've kind of come i'm i'm all the way back round to 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 music again as you know having like restarted doing it in 2015 after a 25 mm. year break um so for me i'm back at that music touches touches you in a place that nothing else can touch. Basically, uh, music it, it touches emotions. It creates. Mm-hmm. It can take you back to a place, a time, a feeling, an emotion, a person, a relationship, and it's and it moves people. And that's why fans of, of bands hold their bands on a pedestal, and that's why they do autographs and selfies and and, and do you know what I mean? And it's and the, and as you know yourself, the comedy circuit is a lot. Is, is is nothing like that at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's... Um, but what I, I totally recognise what you were saying earlier about um, just being able to get up and fucking go, man. I mean, you know, just... It, I've, I've got both plates at the moment and it's like, oh, you know, you get offered a gig with the band and it's like, yeah, give me, give me like a day to get back to you. <laughs> yeah. Where, whereas if I get... If somebody offers me a comedy gig, I'm either like, yes or no. Yeah, exactly. I, I, mate, I remember the Kenneths, we turned down, like, um, I remember us having to turn down some tours because it was like we, we couldn't get the time off. You know, once one of us couldn't get the time off work or, yeah. you know, something like that. And it was like, uh, um, yeah, that, that was like, it was so stressful for me because all I wanted to do, obviously I would do, I would do everything whenever I could and, and you know, I'll find work after but um obviously like you know other people have their which is totally fair enough you know everyone has very few musicians are making enough money from music to live yeah and um and it was yeah oh my god some of the shit we turned out we turned down a whole juliet lewis american tour oh my god um, juliet and this, yeah because Jeez. we did a show with her and we did some dates with her in the uk oh i bet she's mad as fuck isn't she Mate, do you know what? I don't understand why everyone says that. Oh, right, she's okay. Like, dude, she, she gave me notes after the first time she saw us on songs that were, like, so meticulously 
memorized. Like she hadn't just watched that set to watch the support band. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She was like, oh, in that second verse of the fourth song where, you, where she's playing the cowbell on that offbeat. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like that was, okay, all right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she became our like biggest supporter and, um, and then invited us out to America with her. And then uh, we just, yeah, it was just too expensive and too much work and it, we, we couldn't figure it out. We, got, we turned down a Descendants US tour as well. What? Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, but, um, but you know, it was, getting to America is expensive. I was, I was just going to say, mate, this is what this is what people don't realise. It's the flights, man. It's the fucking flights. The vi- yeah, and the visas as well. Work visas, flights. Yeah. A work visa is per person. Just so, just to give the listeners any some scope. Like, say you've got um, a six week tour in America. Um, or a two-year tour in America, it doesn't matter. You, you tell them what day you're going and what day you're coming back, and your visa is valid for that period of time only, unless you have a citizen, unless you get citizenship, right? Yeah. So if we got offered a Descendants tour that was six weeks, well, what we were going to do is we were going to do Juliet Lewis and then uh, after that stay out and then go do the Descendants. I think Fuck we were in America. Like, <laughs> yeah, too much so, but the visas are three grand per person. Oh, brilliant. So whether you're there for six weeks or two years, your visa is, is, is three grand. Yeah. Brilliant. It's mental. It's mental. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that. I, it's, not, it's not regret. I don't regret that we didn't do them, but it certainly would have been fun. Oh, I, um, yeah. When we did uh, the first time, we, the first show we did with Juliette Lewis, she was sound-checking. And she walked past and, and was watching. And then her boyfriend stopped and started watching us as well. And I was like, oh, I recognize that guy. And we were sound checking, so I couldn't really pay much attention to this guy standing outside the stage. And then I realized afterwards, he came over and was like, oh, you got the same cowbells as me. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. Um, thanks. And, uh, and then he sat down to play drums. And I was like, oh, shh, because he was playing with Juliette Lewis on tour with her and he was her boyfriend he sat down to play drums and I was like oh shit that's Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny fucking hell honestly mate if this was a name dropping competition you would be killing it (laughs) you'd be fucking crushing this podcast with your fucking name dropping honestly it's awesome I I thought that's what it was I thought thought there was a point system (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah. Um, oh, mate, that's fucking great. Honestly, it's, I mean, it sounds like, you know, a certain, you, you, you managed to get quite a lot of your of your dreams achieved. Yeah, it did. The, the wheels came off, um, I think, around Brexit. And, and, and like, uh, you know, some band members had a lot of family stuff with, um, with uh, you know, with... Um, the, the market plunging basically right yeah and uh and um so it just then family kind of became a priority and, and then now we, we you know we it's all the classic stuff like ropey management and uh um you know it just all kind of just went to shit all the all the momentum kind of died um and that kind of that was by that point i was already i already knew that i wanted to do stand-up comedy so my focus kind of you know, I didn't try too hard to save it when I felt like the yeah. when I felt like the the thing was starting to slow down. 
Yeah, um, you, you, you kind of basically you were kind of sort of mentally half out the door. Yeah, and also, you know, I put so much into it. I put, so, you know, like anyone does in any band that they're, you know, what, there's two types of musicians. There's, there's, there's people who do it for fun and it's just a bit of a laugh and then there's everyone else and it's like, and it's the most impassioned career in the world. And like, it's, and it's... I'd, I'd say three types of musicians. There's those two and then there's a third, which is musician slash manager. And I can tell you that I can tell you that that is quite a demanding role. Is that is that you and your band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but but, yeah. but 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 also by the sounds of it, you're not not far off you and yours as well. By as in you know oh, you're, you're driving it, and you know you're the one who yeah. can always go on tour, and and you you know you get offers, and instead of going oh fucking hell yeah brilliant that's that'd be amazing, your first thought is is so and so going to be able to get the time off. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, and it's and and to a certain amount of it, when you're dealing with both those, where you're wearing both those hats, you get robbed of a bit of joy, really, because mm. you don't get that. Fuck me! What a brilliant yeah. tour to get. Instead, you go, yeah. uh, "That'd be great," but I need to find out who can do it first. Yeah, and like every band has the um, every band has the one person that keeps the sales, you know. Um, <coughs> Uh, like up and, and keeps the ship afloat. Someone hoists kind of... the main brace, dear boy. Yes, exactly. There's always uh, every band has that guy who's the one that kind of accidentally manages the band, and then the really lucky bands get an actual manager. <laughs> yeah, it, definitely. Yeah, those ones. Like, I, like you know that Coldplay is Chris Martin. Oh, without a doubt. Know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the musicianship of the of the of the, of the band is is a, is an even playing field. But you kind of know that he's the guy who makes the kind of creative shots and understands the overall brand image and ethos of the of the product of the band. And like, you know, but they obviously have a huge management team that can make his vision realized. And like, you know, if you're really lucky in a band, you'll find a manager like that. Yeah. You can take your ideas and 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 make them happen, and and we kind of got that for a little bit, and then it just you know it just kind of went tits up, and you know the, the, we made some bad management decisions. And, um, did man? Well, did did, uh, did management make some bad management decisions, or did you make some bad appointment of management decisions? I think we made some bad appointment of management. Yeah, right. but, but that's that is what it is. That's like you can't be. Oh, yeah. I can't be. And also, I mean. Hand on heart, you know, I'm not saying, look, if we, I think we could have had the biggest manager in the world, and I still don't think the band ever would have been a huge, because it's punk rock, you know, it's never meant, it's not meant to be huge. Oh, somebody, um, somebody needed to basically chuck like 30 grand at each of you and go, right, that's yours to live on. Um, I'm going to put you on the road for 18 months, every, yeah. you know, and, and the label underpins everything and you go and do Juliette Lewis and you go and do The Descendants and it's a very different conversation that we're having right now, hence, or maybe, probably, not having this conversation at all. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But that's also, you know, uh, that kind of thing of going, is you know, here's, an, here's 30 grand and, I mean, that's such a 90s. Does that, oh, I oh don't God, even... Yeah. Does that happen anymore? Oh yeah, no. There's some there's some sizable advances still kicking around, mate. I mean, yeah, I've, but like, not, but, but rarely from management, right? Normally, the oh, advances... oh no, 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 God, no, no. Well, I'm 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 saying, you know, it, it would all have to be underpinned by the label, um, yeah. and uh, and also it's like 
you know they've got to be really fucking sure if they're going to put if they're going to put that kind of money into you um mm. because obviously as we know the you know the rewards that you recoup are, are that much less now yeah it's um it's tough time it's such it's such a tough time to be in a band um because the joy never goes away and the desire never goes away but i just these fucking people like spotify just they just make me my blood boil <laughs> i will i will um <laughs> I'll I'll send I'll send you a spotty fuck t shirt. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I, I I will. I will. Um their, their whole I mean like I, I, I saw a, I read an interview with the guy the CEO or a podcast and he and he was saying he was like, you know, there's there's as much money in the music industry uh, now as there was in the nineties thanks to to Spotify. And I was like, Well, that might be true statistically, but it's not being filtered down appropriately. Uh well I mean, I would, I would without a doubt challenge it because I don't see how that's possible when every stream is worth such a tiny amount. Um, yeah, when, exactly, when exactly. Apple, when Apple Music are, are offering a family pass, which is for four people for one month free, when Spotify are doing you know, similar offers and everything else. I mean, it's just, it, it's absolute crap. And also, but, but the other thing is as well is I think you made a good point there as well is that if you're at the very top of the tree, things are as lucrative as they ever have been. Yeah. You know, you because you've got all sorts of things you can do. I mean, now no one thinks, no, no one no one is going to call you a sellout if you release a fucking whiskey or, a, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or anything, frankly. Yeah. Um, so I, so it, it's kind of, it, it kind of just blows me away, really, that, you know, ultimately... Um, the money, well, the money, the money isn't there from physical sales. You've got to get it through touring, and you know that's 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 tough. But at the top top percentile, they are absolutely killing it because of you know video game types, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, but that's. I mean, I don't really have. A, I, I'm not saying. I'm sure you don't either. But it doesn't. It doesn't bother me that there are massive bands making millions of dollars. Oh and God, if, no. if, You know, if anything, you know the the the. You think about the money Ed Sheeran makes for his label. It's like that money is going to facilitate so many new bands getting deals. Oh man, you've just sorry. I've I've got to completely and totally ta- go off on a tangent. Sure. You were doing the t- you were doing a pub quiz last night um, online. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I I do a fair few pub quizzes, and you've got and you've stumbled into one of my pub quiz questions. And that was in 20, I think it was 17 or 2018, Ed Sheeran um, broke the record for the most singles, for the most songs in the top 20 at any one time. How many did he have? (laughs) Okay, so I'm guessing it was an album that had come out. And all the tracks, because of some kind of streaming thing they haven't put in place. So all the whole album, let's say there's 13 tracks on the album, and then he probably had a feature with someone and another song. So 15? Oh, you're so close. 16. Ah! 16. Fucking hell. It's it's insane, isn't it? Anyway, look, really, really sorry. My other other favourite music question is... um, Biggest selling, biggest selling band, uh, biggest selling UK band of all time is the Beatles. Who is the second biggest selling band of all time? UK or second UK. biggest selling band? UK. Um, Beatles, number one. Who's the second biggest selling UK band of all time? 
Cliff Richard or Band? Band. Say? No, no, no. As you know, yeah, he is the uh, yeah, he's the second biggest selling UK male solo artist. Um, but behind the Beatles, <sighs> the biggest selling UK band. It's got to be someone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cracker, are, they still, are, they, are they still around? Oh no, no, no. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I fucking no idea. I have no idea. Well, do you know what? There, there's several shout outs. You know, Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, they're great shouts. Yeah. But believe yeah. it or not, it's actually Led Zeppelin. Okay. I was. I thought it was like a, it was going to be like Manfred Mann or the Trogs or something. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or Fleetwood Mac or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, hell, wait, who... That was a proper tangent. <laughs> <laughs> We should just do a pub quiz on here. That's, that's hey, really... fucking hell! That's a great idea, mate. We should definitely yeah. do some. We should definitely do some like obscure music quiz. That would be that'd be insane. That sounds amazing. Oh, honestly, people, I, without a doubt, I know, I know, I know for a fact that people who listen to my podcast would love that. Um, oh, well, come in. Um, I, right, you're in. You're in. And speaking of which, so you do You were doing a pub quiz online last night. How are you? Is this? Is this? How you're basically trying to um, financially make it through the next few months? <laughs> no, it's not for finance. It's just like uh, um, I've got, you know, I've, I've got some writing jobs on, so you know, for, for the time being. And I just, I just, um, I just enjoy kind of fucking with people on Instagram. I just, I just, I love Instagram <laughs> as a medium. It's so much fun. Um, and I love the live thing, and I and I also just thought it's a Sunday night, everyone's in, um, so why not do a live, you know, a live pub quiz, and yeah. you know, really make it for adults, um, so that it's you know it's funny as well, um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man, I think I'm going to keep doing it. The response is really good. Um, so I think I'm going to try and, 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 and grow it for the time being while, I'm, while we're all locked in our houses. Yeah. Um, but I'm really enjoying making these fake... Uh, I've been making... Uh, do you remember v- like VH1 Behind the Music? I, I saw, I saw a, a little bit of your um, uh, Limp Bizkit rolling one. Yeah, I just... <laughs> it's so much fun because it, it's like... I want to... You also want to stretch muscles and to like... So what the videos are is, is me pretending I directed like iconic music videos or pretending I produced iconic albums. And um, it's, it's a really good way to like stretch improv muscles while you're cooped up. Um, and it's been really, really fun. But then fucking Bon Jovi, the, I, did, I pretended I directed the music video for Always, um, which is one of the worst music videos I've ever seen. And um, and then it got removed. Universal Music have, have oh. removed it from my Instagram. <laughs> there you go, motherfuckers. Yeah, I was signed to Universal back in the day. Um, and, uh, well, funnily enough, I think. Uh, well, yeah, um, I was. Um, in fact, I, I I sort of am at the moment um, because, hmm. uh, but uh, the contract expired. We were we put some stuff out, and then Universal bought the label. So Universal um, manager digital. Okay. Um, and um, and a, and a, and a pretty fucking shit. Um, is that and, Caroline? No, is that that's through Universal? Um, well, no. I to be honest, um, I had to have a word with them because they didn't have they they only 
they basically bought a record company and they just assumed that they owned all of the digital and all of the physical for all of the bands that they bought. But um, our deal was a CD box set only. Um, and they put it on there and Universal were like, oh, this isn't online and stuck it online and started collecting digital for us. And I was like, so um, I had a conversation with their head of legal in New York one morning and I was going, yeah, you don't have the rights for any of that. Um, it was a CD only deal. It was a CD oh, box set, that's yeah. it. And and she was like, you know, she was really cool. She was like, okay, no problem. It's my it's my fault, you know, um, because she was Welsh. And, um, you know, uh, it was, it, they just basically said, look, sorry about that. Um, yeah, we'll, it, we'll, it'll be all right. And, you know, what can we do to make it up to you? Did they really say that? Yeah, pretty much. She was like, she was like, look, uh, totally our fault. Um, absolutely, you know, what do you want us to do? Blah blah blah. So um, they uh, they they gave us a, a higher percentage deal for X amount of years without admitting like that they'd done anything wrong in the first place. They just did that out of the goodness of their heart, um, and um, and and that was that. We um, we moved on, but the the stupid fuckers are now arguing with. Um, uh, with our new label, Dissonance, saying that, no, 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 we own the copyright on these songs. It's like, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's uh, that's a bit of a pain in the ass. Labels, mate. They're, 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 I mean, I've always, I've always had good, I've always been on good labels. Dissonance are great. MFM were mm. brilliant back in the day. Um, it's always other people's labels. <laughs> it's always like people who've appeared out of nowhere and say, oh, we own that. And it's like, no, you fucking don't. Yeah, it's such a strange, strange, yeah, a strange old business. Do you remember when Citigroup Bank bought Parlophone for about three years? Oh god, that was great. Do you remember that? And then they just went, "Yep, yeah, okay, that didn't work. We spent all the money." Um, and it was like it was at this period where it was like around the recession, MySpace was massive and all this shit, and, they, and Citigroup bought Parlophone. And there's this urban legend that was like when they were doing all the accounts. They were like, how have we spent two million pounds this year expensing flowers and chocolates? And uh, flowers and chocolates was like the code A&R word for cocaine. Yeah, right. <laughs> Every time the A&R was buying gack for the X, they were writing it <laughs> off as <laughs> chocolate and flowers. Oh, that is fucking brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. And that is, yeah, yeah, classic music business. Have you seen, um, have you, or have you read, more importantly, um, Kill Your Friends by John Niven? I've never read it. Oh, mate. Get on with it. Um, really? Oh, now is the time. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's one thing we've all got. Yeah, honestly, mate. Um, do, do you really, really funny. Laugh out loud funny. Um, right, I will. Um, I'll check it out. I mean, massively, massively un PC, um, and just basically, it's a it's a prime example of um of something that is written about. It's obviously the movie as well, and your lead character has absolutely no redeeming qualities. It's like the absolute dictionary version of an anti-hero, except there's no hero. Um, he's just anti. <laughs> but um, it's some great takes on the music business and people in it. Is it is it not, is it fiction or is he naming the label? Oh, it's no, 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 it's or... it's absolute fiction. But he did work in the music business. He was he was um, Super Furry Animals um, A and R guy, and they were like, "You need to fucking, you need to be a writer, man. Stop doing this shit." No way. 
Yeah, so he knew Cowell pre, um, uh, you know, all his fame, and um, and yeah, yeah. It's but it's 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 really really interesting, mate. Honestly, I'd, I'd definitely give that a read. I'll check it out. Sold. Do love. Do so. Um, uh, you've got. I mean, we're we're all in the same boat at the moment, aren't we? It's just like right. So everything's cancelled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, see in a few weeks then. It's just like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I feel uh, like I want to be on the phone or I want to be pinging people emails and stuff like that. But it's like, I want to ask questions that I know there aren't answers to. I mean, mate, I hope it's, I hope it's only a couple of weeks. Oh, I mean, it's going to be a few months. Yeah, my, I mean, I think, I, I mean, mate, if I'm gigging, my gut instinct is if I get to do a stand-up show before the year ends, I'll be very happy. Like, I just, I, yeah, I mean, who knows at the moment, but, you know, I, I mean, Britain's not, we're not, as as we're recording this, we're not making the most effort to um, keep everyone inside. Well, I think, I think at, at, at the moment, people are not making the most effort to stay inside. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be, and, and, you know, it'd be, it's... It's just really sad that there is still these um, idiots who um, basically think they know best and, you know, all the laws and all the advice is for everybody other than them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and it's just, yeah, it's it, it's bollocks. It really is. But because... Mate, see, I live, um, I live around the corner from a flower market and they still had the flower market. Oh, yesterday. I saw that. I saw that it was reported on the London news, mate. I saw it on TV. Are you like, are, are you fucking a f- flowers? Yeah, I know, I know, and but but also, did you not hear the fucking news? You know, stay in. Well, no, did they not hear the news? Stay in. It's just, you know what, man? What this what this virus is doing, aside from all the obvious things, is it's really showing who the idiots are. Oh God, without a doubt, and it's you know, like, it's astounding that the I never thought I'd mutter the sentence. I hope they deploy the army in London to stop people going to the flower market. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I've said that on more than one occasion. (laughs) 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 You just hate flowers. I I, I hate people, but I'm sorry, I hate flowers, but more importantly, I hate people who like flowers. (laughs) (laughs) God. Um, It's, uh, it's, it's a really um, interesting time to see uh, who is conscientious. And also, yeah. like, I, you know, some of the shit I'm reading on Twitter, like, which is obviously that's the bottom of the bottom for human opinion. Yeah. But, like, when people are like, oh, NHS workers are saying, Stendhal's da 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 you know, and you see comments from people being like, well, you know, the disease can't, can't survive in warm weather. And you're like, how do you fucking know that? Like yeah. Mark, Martin in Norwich, like how? Yeah, how oh, do you oh. know? yeah. Do, do you know what? It's fucking. It it, it 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 is absolutely like that. It's like it's like it's to be. It's it's like when you it's like when you were like announcing stuff on social media for the band and stuff, and and like somebody like, hey, you know what you should do? You should uh, release it on this format and blah blah blah. And you're thinking, oh really? Well, yeah. Thanks, Steve the Butcher. Um, I, you know I what? Are you, a... What are you not doing? Working in a marketing, co- marketing, you know, department of a record company? Go and chop is... the ham. Yeah, this is what social media is fucking. This is where it's really shafted us, isn't it? 
everyone's a fucking connoisseur. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, I, I did a tweet the other, the other week when they cancelled South by Southwest, and, and the tweet got a bit of traction, and it just said something along the lines of, um, if you were going to go to South by and watch the smaller bands, go on their website today and buy a vinyl or a T-shirt, because I guarantee you they're about 10 grand in the hole right now. Something like that, right? And it started getting all this traction, and a few big musicians retweeted it, and you know, it started snowballing. And then I started getting comments from people being like, "What about the fans who are going to go to South by Southwest? What about oh. us?" And you're just like, "Okay, fine. You're going to lose your money." You, you, you were going for you were going for a laugh. You were going for jollies. You weren't going to pay the bills. Yeah, every you, you're Jog going on. there is. That's one financial loss for you. Every tour, every musician has done ever is a financial loss. Every single one. Yeah. You may have taken a hit on this one, but this is going to that South by getting cancelled. Forty bands are going to split up as a result of that. Yeah, it's um, it's sobering stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. But you know, it certainly, it certainly makes writing dick jokes harder. When uh, you're like, is this relevant? Yes. In in the current world climate, you start. I'll start writing jokes and be like, none of this matters. It's the end of the world. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And uh, but I, I also think that there's that there is um, there's a lot of virus material to be written, and I'm I'm noting like the odd line down and the odd scenario, mm-hmm. and I'm noting them down because they they're gonna they you know they need time. They're not jokes yeah. for now whilst it's here. They're jokes for when it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know? But yeah, that's a great um, point. That's a great point, you know, about like, oh, it, oh, it dies in, it dies in summer, does it really? All these like urban myths of people being like, it's just a mask company, dude. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, and oh, that's my favourite, is when somebody tosses out their conspiracy theory, like, you're stupid for not knowing this is fact. Yeah. Oh, some of us are just more informed than others. It's like, dude, you just you go on Reddit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spouting to be as an expert stuff you read off another website three minutes ago. I, I actively encourage those people to go out in public and touch everything. Um, um, do you see the guy on Twitter today who, um, who, was, um, ru- who rubbed his tongue along loads of um, uh, bottles of stuff in a supermarket? He said, oh, not supposed to touch anything. Check this out. And he rubs his tongue along a load of bottles like uh, moisturiser and stuff like that. And someone's gone, come on, Twitter, make him famous. And everyone's retweeting his picture going, this cunt needs locking up. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Great, eh? (laughs) (laughs) I swear, that's why maybe this virus is here just to show us who the morons are. Uh, uh, Well, without a doubt. And um, I I think it may have already started. Um, some some of the things I've heard, but you know, um, look, I, let's 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 just turn this up a little bit. What are you listening to at the moment? What would you recommend our um uh, uh, my listeners listen out for? Um, I'm listening to um a lot of well, obviously, uh, I after this phone call ends, I'm going to listen to the Stiff Little Fingers seminal album, Inflammable Material on vinyl, which is very exciting. For me, not for you, Howard. Um, <laughs> We've already established that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm listening to uh, Born Ruffians, just put out a new record, or just about to. A great like Canadian 
sort of jagged guitar band. Um, I think the album's called Juice, which I'm really enjoying. I'm actually listening to Smash by The Offspring um, and Danzig by Danzig. Those wow. are two records that I'm really into at the moment, um, which are like obviously like, you know, they're obvious punk rock records, but like you forget how good, uh, I mean, I, I like Danzig solo stuff. Um, and uh, shit, man, what else am I listening to? Pine Grove, loving that, their new records. Um, still listening to uh, Glassjaw. Um, what else is on my? I mean, I'll be honest with you, mate. At the minute, I'm listening to like uh, Maria Callas, the opera singer. All right, okay, yeah. Loving it. I just think it's so in such dramatic times. It's pretty good to get in the shower in the morning and just listen to fucking Italian opera. Yeah, um, man, yeah. That's that that is, that is like that's like putting on a a, a, a silk. Uh, gown to go uh, to go into the shower, isn't it? I mean, that's like you know, that's class. What's that line in the Matrix when he's swearing in French and he goes, "Swearing in French is like wiping your ass with silk." That's the one. Yeah, very good point. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, what else am I? What's on my playlist at the minute? Um, I mean, uh, I'm listening to a lot of Descendants, loads of the Beastie Boys at the moment as well. Um. So actually, and, that's a real a real kind of mixture there. And also, people might hate me for this, but I think the last Metallica record is pretty good. Ah, right, okay, that's interesting. No, I, I did um, I did a two part Christmas special on how shit it was, but um... <laughs> I think the song, okay, maybe not the whole record, but I think the song Hardwired is a good song. Uh, yeah, I must admit, when I when I first heard it, I was like, "This bodes well." I mean, it's very simple, it's very straightforward, it's very. But but also the thing is that it's like it was the first thing we heard, and and all all I can remember was just Hetfield swearing again. That's all I give a shit about. Hetfield is swearing again. We're so fucked. I was like, "Oh my god, he's swearing!" Yeah. Yes. And you know what? Shit out of luck is a yes. great line. That's yeah. a great oh. lyric. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hardwired to self-destruct, and there's a phrase that hasn't been completely burnt out. Um, but um, what about you? What do you listen to at the moment? Uh, just uh, Acid Rain, The Age of Entitlement, uh, mate. Came out no September. Way. Came out I, September so last I... year. Greatest album right. ever. <laughs> uh, where could I find that? <laughs> um, I genuinely uh, uh, fucking anywhere, mate. Um, oh, okay. But I, I tell you what, I um, uh, one thing that um, I. I Check this band out, right? I've been listening to this, and it's it's not it's not a band, and it's a it's a it's a French bloke's project. Um, and the 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 name of the project or the name of the band is um, Igor. Oh, 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 oh. So it's it's I G O, and then Treble R, right? And he's French, and he gets some of his friends together, and they spent 18 months in the studio. And to be honest, some of the songs sound like basically people trying to get out of the studio. Um, it's it's insane. There is there's there's polka on it. There's death metal. There's um, uh, classical. There's an opera singer. There's a metal singer, and it, and it's like everybody just pops in, does something, and goes. And it's it it's not it's not all you know it's not all over the place it's not baroque but it's just absolutely different and each song has 
somehow got something different to offer? Uh, I've got it. I've got it open now. Right. Well, I, I think. I th- well, go on. Go for it. The album's called. It's a Savage Sinusoid. Uh, no, it's, it's not the... Savage Sinusoid. Right. Actually, it's not out yet. The album I'm listening to. The album I'm listening Spirituality to is called Spirituality and Distortion. That's the one, baby. Got you. All right. Downloaded. Oh, yeah. oh, right. It's out. Is it? No, 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 no. It's. Uh... Uh, hang on a minute. Is it out? No. Some, some of it's out. Like four, three songs. Oh right, oh cool. Okay, right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, put it this way, right? Um, <coughs> to give you an idea, um, what, one of the what kind of co- what kind of cough is that? Oh yeah, don't 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 worry. It's um, it's uh, it's regular flavour. Um, <laughs> tra- uh, track five on that Igor album is called Camel Dance Floor. Mate, there's a song on the album called Kung Fu Chevra, which means Kung Fu Goat's Cheese. <laughs> Oh no! It's 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 um it's Kung Fu Goat. Chevra. Oh is, yeah, you're right. Kung Fu Goat. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kung Fu it's, goat. It'd be it's Chevra from ours, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kung yeah, Fu Kung right. Fu Goat. Amazing. Uh, brilliant. Well, look, mate. Um, I have got some questions from subscribers for you. So, oh, wow. so what I would like to do is just um is just finish this chat for the main podcast and then um. Uh, ask you a few questions on behalf of subscribers. But for now, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Making your debut appearance, I'm sure there will be many more. There definitely will. <laughs> Let's not go too far. Don't get don't don't, <laughs> don't go getting your feet under the table just yet. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Josh and well, you know, Bill Stevenson. Little guest appearance there. How cool was that? Um, also, probably the only way I'll ever get him on the podcast, but there you go. So, look, that is Josh. Josh Weller. Um, you can find Josh on Instagram, um, Josh Weller, or one word. Um, he, a very, very funny dude. Um, you can check out the Kenneths, go and do a, go and do a deep dive on them. Um, there's a few singles here and there. Um, nothing... Yeah, there's a few bits and pieces here and there, but anyway, um, winding down. You had the um, you had a two hour movie podcast just a few days ago. Hot on the heels. Here's another. Here's another music one. There'll be another one at the end of the month. Um, so I'm I'm just trying to rattle these off as much as possible, and um, I know you know that. Um, Josh also stayed behind and did some Patreon questions. Feel free, sign up to Patreon, uh, forward slash, uh, patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Uh, just $5 a month and that's all it costs and you get loads of stuff and I'll love you forever. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, that's just about everything. I have, um, although, no, I've got to say it, sorry, got the new Havoc album and, um, Oh dear. Um, still, at this stage in their career, I thought they might have developed their own sound, but no, it is still just sounding like uh, catalogued riffs of many other bands, and that's a real shame. I know some some of you absolutely love um, Havoc out there, and that's great. Um, it's oh, it's just like having a, like an old school thrash band today. Yeah, so that, that's my that's my problem with it all all over. Just heard it all before done better by other people but there you go um that is just my suggestion i'm I'm sure if you played havoc acid rains the age of entitlement they would probably say exactly the same thing about that that i've just said about their album and you know what fair enough it's all opinions it's just an opinion that is all you know um it's like (laughs) 
I can't remember what it was, but somebody said to me about uh, comedy, and it's like, but um, you know, stuff stuff can be offensive, and it's like, mm, as I've said many times, you can only take offence, you can't create offence, you can only take offence, and not only that, it's like someone said, but, but what if someone's offended? It's like, well, that will kind of be it, really, won't it? They they will be offended, and that that's it. That's the beginning and the end of it. They're offended, so. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm I'm wandering a bit here. Guys, um, good luck through the lockdown, wherever you're doing, wherever you are. I hope you're well. It's great to be in your ears. Once again, it really is. And I'm uh, just going to keep it up. Keep trying to uh, interview as many fellow quarantined musicians as possible and uh, and bring you their thoughts and feelings on the current way of the world um these are going to keep coming hopefully you're going to keep listening everyone be well take care and i will speak to you again very soon